Hi, my name is Melissa Urban, and you're listening to Do The Thing, a podcast where we explore what's been missing every time you've tried to make a change and make it stick. Today's episode is a little different. It is a deeply personal journey through a really difficult season in my life, and my guest is someone who made a real difference during those dark days. In December 2018, I had an accident while I was playing with my son, and I was hit in the head pretty hard. I saw stars, I fell to the ground, I was dazed for a few minutes, but I shook it off and went right back to playing. I had no idea that that would be the start of a concussion journey that would take me the better part of 15 months to resolve with symptoms that still show up to this day. I'd never been hit in the head. I wasn't a race car driver or a football player. What I didn't know about concussions would fill volumes. And I'm guessing if you've never suffered one yourself or you don't know someone who has, you probably don't know that much about concussions either. There were three people, all physical therapists, who played pivotal roles in my healing. The first was my physical therapist friend, Anne, who lives on the East Coast. After spending a few weeks in complete denial that I did in fact have a concussion and trying to power my way through it and getting sicker and sicker every day, she finally got me on the phone and told me to get my butt to a physical therapist stat. Then I found my team of physical therapists at Park City Hospital. They tag-teamed my vision and vestibular therapy treatment plan that ultimately allowed me to work, hike, exercise, and socialize after months of incapacity. Finally, I was introduced to Dr. Molly Parker and her Instagram account by a good Samaritan in the DMs who heard me mention I had a concussion and said, do you follow her? You probably should. Molly is a physical therapist, concussion educator, and the co-founder of Concussion Compass, In 2011, she was hit by a cab as a pedestrian. After years of frustration struggling to find help, the gaps in concussion treatment were clear. She decided to step up and create for others the resources and support she never had. Molly's Instagram page was a treasure trove of concussion information and immediately made me realize that what I had was serious, but it was also treatable. And above all, I wasn't alone. She was a constant source of inspiration and reassurance during some really difficult days. It took me over a year before I was ready to talk about my concussion on any of my platforms. I did a podcast about it almost exactly a year after my accident. But since I first mentioned I had a concussion, so many people have messaged me asking, I think I got a concussion. How do I know? Where do I start? What should I do? Where should I go? Today, Dr. Molly Parker is here to share her expertise on concussions, the symptoms you might expect and those you might not, finding the practitioner that's right for you, working your treatment plan and evaluating success, and what to do if you find, like me, that your symptoms aren't resolving in a few weeks as they usually do. This podcast is about making change stick and ultimately empowering you to achieve health on your own terms. My concussion made me wonder if I'd ever be the same again, and I don't want anyone else to have to worry like I did or feel alone like I did. This episode and Molly's Concussion Compass program will help you move through this difficult season feeling guided and supported every step of the way 
while reminding you that you are far more powerful than you are giving yourself credit for. And I have to just note the irony in that in recording this intro, I had to stop and re-record probably 10 times because I've had an incredibly heavy day of calls and Zoom calls, and that tends to aggravate my concussion symptoms. The irony is not lost on me. All right, now on to the episode. Please welcome to Do The Thing, Molly Parker, Doctor of Physical Therapy. Molly, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to talk to you. The first question I ask all of my guests is, what's your thing? So my thing is I help people recover optimally after they've had a concussion. I love that. Okay, so here is everything I knew about my concussion before I sustained one. I knew that it happened to race car drivers and football players, and maybe if you got in a really bad car accident. And I knew that if you didn't go to sleep for that first night, as long as you just rested a couple days, you would be okay. I now understand that my own understanding of concussions was so severely lacking. Do you find people in general don't understand concussions well? All, all the time. Um, I think it shifted quite a bit in the last three or four years, but there is still so much misinformation about concussion in general um, that we're just continuing to learn more and more. And even when I had my own, I was in the boat you were, even though I was a you know fairly new recent graduate out of PT school, uh, we didn't cover concussions. We covered severe TBI and that was it. So it's been a learning curve. So when you were first a physical therapist, you were working for a neurological research facility or no, I was actually an orthopedic physical therapist. So we did the typical, you know, like neck, back, shoulder, that sort of thing. But we also became known as the clinic in town that saw a little of the more out of the box cases and the ones that people just couldn't quite figure out. And so it would end up being people with sensitive nervous systems and chronic pain and autoimmunes and things like that. So I kind of learned right out of school, this almost ortho neuro blend um, that lends itself actually very well to concussion, but isn't something that was readily taught. So that was just dumb luck. Yeah, <laughs> that must have been what I was reading in your bio then, that neuro ortho blend. Tell me about your concussion experience. It happened in 2011. So that's been yes. nine years now. What happened? Yeah, so I was actually out celebrating, you know, dinner and dancing night with girlfriends, and we were leaving um, a nightclub, and a cab driver fell asleep at the wheel, and he hit myself and many other people. And I, you know, I knew initially I had a big bump on my head, I had some memory loss, but I remember, you know, it was like, you know, I remember thinking I was fine, and I felt so fortunate that I, you know, just had a concussion, and I really had no idea what they could turn into. And so, you know, I was cleared in the emergency room and I missed, I think, a day of work, went back and was just really off, didn't, you know, very much felt like I got hit by a car. But on top of that, it was just I was cognitively not quite there. And very quickly, I started falling into, you know, these worsening symptoms where I developed really severe headaches and then kind of this dizziness and then this feeling where I felt like I was going to faint and I was out of my body, started to develop a lot of working memory stuff. Um, and it just didn't go away. And so I would go from healthcare provider to provider saying this is what's going on. And like you said, people just had no inkling that concussion symptoms could really last longer than about a couple of weeks. And so once I passed that point, I continued to, you know, get significantly worse, struggling to find help. And it took me probably two years to get diagnosed with post-concussion syndrome, which we're now kind of shifting to prolonged concussion symptoms. And 
another year on top of that to find a healthcare provider who knew what they were doing. Um, and by that time, I ended up you know, fairly severely debilitated. I'd had personality changes. I ended up with a movement disorder. Everything that could have gone wrong did. Um, and there was just, there was no help. There was no resources. And they told me, you know, this is it. This is going to be the rest of your life. You're debilitated. And I remember thinking, I hear you, but that just can't be the case. Um, these are functional mm. injuries. So I spent probably the last five years um, doing extensive rehab and just kind of clawing myself out of this pile of symptoms that really shouldn't have developed had I known, you know, what I know now. Um, and it, yeah, it was just a bear. My concussion was December 2018. So it's been over a year. Um, I've been over the most of my symptoms, but I do have, I guess I call them relapses when I get mm -hmm. sick or when I get stressed. They come back with a vengeance. I am so lucky and fortunate that I found good help here in Park City. But the first physical, the first two doctors I went to had no idea what to do with me. They both recognized that I had a concussion, but my primary care physician was completely out of his element. And the first physical therapist I saw was like, well, try to do some exercise. And if you don't feel good, you should rest. And I mean, it was, there was no specific advice. Mm -hmm. Do you find that even physical therapists, unless they're particularly trained in TBIs and concussion therapy, just don't understand the condition or know yeah. how to treat them? Yeah. I mean, it's across the board, really, uh, through the healthcare system where, you know, you find, you, just like you said, you have this accident and people say, oh, you know, go rest in a dark room or there's nothing you can come do or come back in six weeks, which is all at one time what we thought was the best course of treatment. But what we know now is outdated and that kind of um, managing the concussion that way can actually be detrimental. So we've seen a shift. We've seen a big surge in the research, which is amazing. And then we've seen a shift in healthcare providers starting to become a little more aware that maybe there's more to these than we thought. Um, and they're also mm -hmm. doing better at getting trained, but it's still, we still have a pretty big gap and a long way to go. And right now it's just a little bit of luck of the draw. Do you wind up with someone who knows their stuff or do you wind up with someone who's just hasn't been aware yet that these things aren't what they seem? So, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I think the thing that was the hardest for me was that there are some concussion symptoms that I recognized as concussion symptoms, like headaches. Mm -hmm. And then there were a ton of them that I had no idea could be related to my concussion, depression, anxiety, bordering on. I had a few panic attacks in mm -hmm. the early days of my concussion, uh, exercise induced symptoms, vi blurry vision, um, trouble focusing. I felt like my eyes weren't working well together, dizziness, personality changes. I was so, I would be really irritable one moment and then I would be so sad the next exhaustion. I think there's just so much to what can happen in a concussion and people's symptoms can look so different. I, I felt a little bit like I was crazy. Like there was yeah. something seriously wrong with me and I didn't know what. And I had a hard time exp even explaining to people how I felt. Hugely relatable, in, not only in my own journey, but I hear that from people all the time. Um, and it's and it's one of those things where we're having people who, you know, concussions are a brain injury, and that affects really everything you do and everything you are and how you relate to the world. And it's so hard to apply language to some of these symptoms when you're in kind of this mess of a state. Um, I think that's only added to kind of the mismatch between what people are experiencing and then what they're able to translate to the people um, who could help like their doctors or their family. And yeah, but huge, hugely relatable.
It's funny at this point in my journey, I can now tell the difference between like, oh, I'm exhausted. It's been a long day and my concussion is acting up and I need to get off the phone. Like Mm -hmm. we, I kind of call it concussion brain now. Like, oh my, you know, I have concussion brain versus just what you would normally feel from day to day fatigue. It feels different now, but I could not identify that for a very long time. Yeah. Yeah. I could tell like there was a time I just, everything was so messy. I couldn't tell what was coming from where. Yeah. The fatigue is just the worst. (laughs) It is. And, you know, life doesn't stop. So I had my son uh, that I was taking care of and a job and household responsibilities and driving and all of that stuff. And so I, you know, I felt really helpless. I felt really alone. I was terrified. I was terrified that this was now my new normal. I remember saying to Brandon, like, what if I never get better? And that it didn't occur to me in the beginning that that was a possibility. But as these symptoms went on, for months and months, I started to get really scared. Yeah, I can definitely relate to that. In one of your last Instagram posts, you talked about there being kind of three, like like a Venn diagram with three different drivers of concussion symptoms, cervicogenic, vestibulo-ocular, and physiological. Mm-hmm. I've heard concussion symptoms described in a few different kind of categorical ways, but can you talk about these three symptoms and how they might um, appear in different ways based on your injury? Yeah. So what we know now is just like there's not, you know, one type of knee injury, one type of back injury, there's not one type of concussion. And so once we have folks that are, you know, maybe about 10 to 14 days out and they're still experiencing symptoms, we start to treat them proactively as if they were to develop prolonged symptoms. Um, and so that comes and that comes into play where we identify what particular types of concussion they're dealing with on their own. So we have what's called um, phenotypes where there's you know six or seven different types of concussion. And then we match that um, with the corresponding healthcare provider. So we're really the key is matching exactly what's going on with that person. It's like you said, people experience different symptoms. So matching someone that had you know vision symptoms with a vision therapist and so on and so forth. And the kind of paradigm that you just mentioned is from a study that's really simplified down to kind of the three core groups um, in concussions. So there's cervicogenic, which is basically meaning it's coming from your neck. So given the mechanism of injury in a concussion, a concussion occurs when you have that acceleration and deacceleration force of the brain within the skull. And anytime you have that, you know, your neck is going to be involved. So the symptoms of whiplash and the symptoms of kind of cervicogenic involvement can very much mimic concussion symptoms. So it can be things like headache and dizziness or feeling like you don't know where you are in space. And you can even have that with lack of neck pain at all. So if you're in kind of that category, we're looking at mostly a physical therapist, chiropractic type route. And I always tell people you're looking for someone with specific training in concussions. Um, it's not enough just to be, you know, a general practitioner. You really want someone who focuses their practice there and has taken advanced training. And then you have vestibular ocular. And so that's going to be your eyes and your inner ear, basically. So your inner ear tells you where your head is in space, tells you where you're moving. And then vision, I think, is something that I know I didn't fully appreciate, and I think a lot of people don't, is that your vision is more than 2020. It's more than can you see. It's can your eyes work together? Can they track objects? Can your brain process what's coming in through your visual uh, system? 
These are all things that are hugely important and that visual input actually goes to about 80% of your brain. So when that's not working, things don't feel good. So if you're in that vestibular ocular category, we have a neurooptometrist, which is a particular type of optometrist for concussion. Um, we, for the vestibular piece, it's typically physical therapists who are trained in, um, in particular vestibular therapy, but also in concussion. And you will often find that when you're in that category, that you might have more than one healthcare provider working together to put together the best team for you. And then the last one is that physiologic. So this could be, um, like you mentioned, you would get symptoms when you would exercise. And I know I've been watching you in your gym exercise <laughs> during everything. Um, but that's for someone. So they might be exercising and they get more symptomatic with an increase in blood flow. That's called exercise intolerance. And we can treat that. Um, someone else in that category might be more like metabolic things. So maybe hormones or something like that. But those are kind of your three main hubs and based off how you're feeling is based on how what treatment we put you in so that people can get back to life. Yeah. So my symptoms are mainly vestibular vision and vision is like the biggest one. Mm -hmm. um, I still get very stressed. My vision system gets very stressed, especially when things are really close up. This morning, my son wanted me to look at something and he held it up so close to my face and I kind of panicked a little bit. I still get really stressed. Um, and then the physiological too is something that I was not aware of nor expecting. I read a statistic, I don't know how accurate it is, that about one in three concussion sufferers will be faced with some sort of HPA axis dysregulation, either pituitary, um, adrenals, sex hormones. And I certainly found that to be the case. I've been doing a lot of testing with my functional medicine doctor, but for the first time in my life, my thyroid hormones have been off. And I've been getting my period every two weeks since my concussion, basically, with very little break in between. And my cycle used to be incredibly normal. Are those also kind of lingering effects of post-concussion or prolonged concussion symptoms? Yeah. So hormones can be affected in concussion recovery. The most common we see is like pituitary um, type issues because the pituitary gland kind of it's in a vulnerable position. Um, if you were to ever Google a picture of where it is. Um, so we do see people that have hormone issues fairly frequently. The statistics range heavily from the research I've read. Um, but not only can you have them early on, you can actually develop them a little bit later. So three months, six months, 12 months down the line, and people will start having you know, thyroid issues and pituitary issues. I've done gone through the gauntlet myself. I see um, a naturopathic doctor who's fantastic. But I mean, we had it's I mean, you go through it too. It's a lot of stuff that you are having to do and take and get back online and the amount that that affects um, not only personality changes and being you know, irritable and things like that, but it can also affect your fatigue levels and your sleep. Um, and it's one of those things that usually when we have someone who's really struggling with sleep and fatigue and they just can't get back and we've done everything under the sun and we just can't figure out why, oftentimes we look at hormones and and there it is. So, yeah. 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 We've decided not to do any specific treatment for it. When I feel like my body has been under so much stress and inflammation since the accident. And I was really healthy to begin with. So we've taken the approach that like if we just rest and continue with, you know, self-care practices and physical therapy, that that stuff will come back online and it is getting better. But that was another it was kind of something else that just knocked me out of the blue. Like, oh, OK, now I'm dealing with this as yeah. well. 
I want to ask how many people who suffer concussions recover relatively quickly versus those like you and I that end up with symptoms months or even years down the line? And is there any sort of rhyme or reason or predictor to why someone might suffer from prolonged concussion symptoms? So it's estimated that about 70 per 80 percent of folks who have a concussion will recover um, back to their baseline within about one to four weeks. And we most commonly see that within about the first two weeks. Children tend to take just a little bit longer. Um, So, yeah, that's about the timeline. But then we'll see this group of about 20. And in my mind, it's closer to 30. You know, it's kind of that 20 to 30 percent. But I really do think there's a lot of cases that we just don't pick up on. Um, that well-developed prolonged symptoms. Now, with that said, we're learning that if we get people in, you know, right away, so if they've had a concussion or they suspect they've had a concussion and we get them into proper care and we get them in with someone who really knows their stuff and can, you know, we have this, what we call a guided gradual return to, you know, work, school, life, whatever it may be. And if they're guided through that process, they tend to have a much better chance of not developing prolonged symptoms So I suspect that we'll see the group like you and I who developed um, prolonged symptoms will lessen when we get better overall care. Um, With that said, we don't really know why some people develop it and some people don't. You know, there's there's predictive factors and, you know, risk factors that might be, um, you know, time into proper care. There's some that say, well, if you've had a concussion before, if you've had any kind of those pre-existing things, but we really don't have any hard and fast, this is a this is a why. I think the biggest predictor we have right now is dizziness immediately after concussion. So if you're someone who has a concussion, your first immediate symptom is dizziness. Um, you're more likely than with other symptoms to be someone who might fall into that prolonged category. That's really interesting. I've also read that women tend to be harder hit in terms of concussion symptoms, whether it's because of our delicate hormonal balance, or I've read also maybe it's that our necks are generally weaker and don't sustain the force of trauma as effectively. Have you found that as well, that women tend to be more, suffer more? Yeah. So the statistics are that women tend to suffer more. And then the question is, well, why? And I don't think we really have enough research. The kind of underlying big problem is that most of the research done in concussion and brain injury in general is done on men. So we don't have many studies that are really looking at differences between men and women, um, or not many studies that are really looking at differences between the type of concussion you sustain. For example, if you were in a car accident versus if you had a blast injury, those might be a little bit different. Um, so there are groups working for female brain injury to try to figure out, you know, what kind of differences we need to make. And the running theories are, you know, hormones or that females tend to have longer necks. And if they have longer necks, it's kind of a longer lever arm for when you um, sustain an injury. There's also that women tend to report symptoms um, and be more honest about them than maybe men do. But then I recently saw a study in the last year, and it was small, but when they began to control for all those things, they found that if both, and this was an adolescent, so if it was both boys and girls got into treatment at the same time, then all those other factors went away and they recovered equally. 
So we don't know if it's some of these factors that just affect women or if it's that maybe women aren't getting in and getting the proper care as well as some of the men and boys are. So we really don't know. Here's what I was thinking about. Um, I'm very lucky in that I work for myself. I could take time off from work whenever I wanted to. I have a great co-parent who would take extra time with my son. Uh, I bet that there are a lot of women who both run a household and manage the kids and work full time. And if you mm -hmm. need to take time out of your day or out of your life to focus on your recovery and you're responsible for all of those areas, I can imagine that you would see a much slower progression in your recovery. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard when you have a lot of things on the plate and particularly when you look so normal, it's hard for people to understand. And it's hard for people to know, you know, if you have a woman in that position, for your people around you to know when and how to step in just isn't as immediately you know, obvious as with other exercises or as other injuries. So yeah, big time. Having my concussion gave me so much more empathy towards those who suffer from these silent conditions, chronic pain, chronic fatigue. I looked totally normal. I could still go to the gym. My workouts were modulated. Um, I could still drive a car. You know, I, I you couldn't see what was wrong with me. And it was really hard for a long time. I struggled with like imposter syndrome, mm -hmm. almost feeling like I was a faker, like people were going to accuse me of faking because I looked fine. And I felt so sick. And I think it really held my progress back because I was unwilling to ask for help to talk about how bad I felt. I was like, people don't want to hear me over and over and over again say how dizzy I am, how tired I am, how much it hurts. Um, and I, I think that really held me back. I struggled with that emotionally and mentally. Yeah. Ugh, same. I, yeah, hugely, hugely so can relate to that. Um, and I think, yes, had I, same, had I asked for help and really articulated it, and sooner, I wonder if it would have been a little bit different. But it was also hard for me to even know that I needed help. It took mm -hmm. Brandon two days to convince me I had a concussion because I was only hit in the side of the head. I was playing with my son. I didn't have a violent car accident or a fall. I never lost consciousness. It, it, I had no experience with this and it was very hard for me to even accept that that little accident playing with my kid led to a concussion. You know, there are so many different ways I think that it can happen. And unless you're a race car driver or a boxer, I think people discount the hits they take on their head as, as being serious. Yeah, I think they do too. Um, and it's really easy to put it off or put it on the back burner or to not really be cognitively aware enough to get yourself help, but to not necessarily understand that you're not aware. Um, so I would, I'll talk yeah. to people who it took them a while to get in to see someone because they it's not that they didn't know something was wrong. It was just that they couldn't wrap their head around it or know what to do or know where to go or who to ask or what to say. Um, I hear that a lot. Yeah. Well, before we go there, because I definitely want to talk to you about, you know, if you do have a concussion, what are your first steps? But what are some of the signs to look for if you do take a bump to the head or get hit in the head or have an accident that would clue you in? You already mentioned dizziness, but what are some other signs that people should be on the lookout for? Yeah, I mean, so concussion, the first thing that's important to understand is it can occur, you know, directly or indirectly as a bump or blow to the head, but you can also get one if you were to say slip on ice and fall really hard on your tailbone. Um, anything that causes enough acceleration or deacceleration. So they say a concussion is um, 
you know, all you need is the mechanism of injury. So, and it can be a small, so you don't even need to be, um, you know, this massive accident. It can be these smaller things that you discount. And the interesting thing is there actually isn't any correlation between the severity of the hit and if you're going to develop prolonged symptoms. So you can have what you perceive as something like really small and minor and still develop symptoms, whereas somebody who had this massive thing might, you know, recover symptom-wise in two weeks, brain recovers in about three to six and be on their way. So really what you're looking for is any sort of mechanism of injury and one immediate symptom. And that could be something like headaches is very common, um, dizziness, it could be emotional, like irritability or crying. It might be nausea. It might be seeing stars or blurry vision. Um, anything that's kind of out of the norm that can't be explained any other way is we can, it could be considered a possible concussion. And so whether you're unsure or know for sure that that likely was the case, either way, we recommend you getting in to see someone as soon as possible. And we find if people get in within about 24 to 48 hours, that is the best likelihood of having a positive outcome and a smooth recovery. It's funny that you said seeing stars. I had, could never really understand that impression until mm -hmm. I was hit in the head and I literally saw stars. I was never unconscious, but I was dazed and confused for like a solid 30 seconds. And that yeah. probably should have been my first clue. Yeah. <laughs> So when I, I recognized that I had something wrong, I just went to my urgent care clinic mm -hmm. and I saw the first doctor who was available and he said, yeah, you might have a concussion. You should go home and rest. What are, what are people supposed to do? How do you know who to go see in a way that's going to be effective for you? Yeah. So you're really looking for someone. There's going to be multiple access points into the healthcare system. So it might be your primary doctor or your neurologist or an urgent care type situation or going into a PT clinic, you're really looking for someone. And if you know, you might not be all there so you can have someone with you, give them a call and ask, do you treat concussions? Do you have experience with these types of things? And you're looking for someone who has kind of that current and advanced training and what it should sound like when you get there is they should be doing an evaluation particularly early on, they're ruling out any other more serious injuries. So they're going to rule out if you have a brain bleed or a skull fracture, they're looking for any of those red flags. And then they should be properly educating you. And that education should sound like, you know, you can do 24 to about 72 hours of rest. So if you need to take the day off work, take the day off school, that's fine. But then what we switched to in recent years is what we consider an active recovery. So any of that, go home and rest and don't do anything, go lay in a dark room, um, you know, you don't have symptoms, you know, it's fine, go back. None of that stuff is current anymore. So what we see now is we want to get people doing what they're able as quickly as they can. So that is going to look a little bit different for everyone, which is why we have a healthcare provider guide you through it. But that's looking and adding in more physical and cognitive activity, um, each day as long as your symptoms aren't increasing. And if you start to get an increase in symptoms, you go back a little bit, spend some time there, and then increase it back up. So that's what that really should look like. And you should see kind of that progression through symptoms. Your symptoms should be going away around that 10 to 14 day mark. If they're not, we're gonna proactively start treating you as if you have, are going to have prolonged symptoms. And that means we're gonna go back to those three things and figure out what exactly symptoms you are and match them with the corresponding healthcare provider. But that's what we should see the continuum look like. 
Um, it shouldn't be just rest. It shouldn't be just medication. It should not be rest in a dark room. It shouldn't be restrict yourself from anything and everything. It is really letting the brain do what it's able um, step by step so that you can slowly work yourself back into life. So before I saw the treat sought the treatment of a physical therapist who specialized in concussion, I I kind of treated my concussion like it was a cold, where if you have a cold, once you get past the worst of it, you can kind of just like muscle your way through it. Mm -hmm. And I really tried after resting for a few days to muscle my way through it. I went back to the gym. I tried to ignore my symptoms. I tried to go back to work and I, it bl I blew up. Yeah. Um, I ended up crying in the middle of the gym, having a panic attack. I had to take several days off of like being a functional human being. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until my physical therapist started treatment and initiated this green light, yellow light, red light system, exactly mm -hmm. as you just talked about. So I could go to the gym and work out when I noticed my symptoms starting to come on. That was yellow light and I had to pause. And if I continued to accelerate or it didn't go back to green, my workout was done. But if I could get myself back to green, then I could continue. Is that the kind of tolerance testing you're talking about? Yeah. So that's a good way to do it. And it's a little going to be more um, useful for people with prolonged symptoms. And when we're talking could be applied to people in acute uh, recovery as well, where you're just looking to keep the kind of two no-nos in the early on stages are don't do anything where you're going to get a second concussion um, and trying to stay below that symptom threshold. So when you notice them coming on, like you said, backing off um, and going from there. So you have a program now called Concussion Compass, yes. and I've been doing some digging into it. Boy, do I wish this was around a year and a half ago. Right? <laughs> and I bet you wish it was for you as well. Exactly. That's probably why you created it. Uh -huh. Tell tell me about Concussion Compass. Well, I created it because it was what I wish I would have had. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's just these resources weren't available, and it really bothered me that people might not have the education and that they need so they can get back to where they want to go. So it's really the ultimate resource for people four weeks out or more in concussion recovery. So it's if you have, you know, gosh, I would wonder who treats my headaches. We have that in there. It's, oh, I'm going to fly. I wonder if that's okay. And if there's tips, it's in there. Um, so we really have kind of the research done for you and done all the hard work and pulled it all together and put it in one spot so that you can just pull in and grab what you need when you're ready and then we surround you the entire time by people who are going through it too, through our community. And myself and my partner, Natasha Wiltz, who's this phenomenal physical therapist, um, she and I mentor you through it so that you always have guidance when you're going through this process. And hopefully we can get people, you know, back to where they need to go quicker. And yeah, it's it's been a lot of fun. We just launched and we've got a great group and yeah, we're loving it. That sounds so wonderful. There were so many things I had to figure out on my own, mm -hmm. like travel. It did not, I was not prepared for how much travel, just the act of traveling, never yeah. mind when I got to my destination, fired up my symptoms. The airport is so loud and it is so busy and it's visually stimulating and you have no control over the environment. And then mm -hmm. altitude, I didn't realize altitude affected would affect my symptoms and it does. So there are so many little things that I wish I could have had a heads up on that you are now providing people through your program. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when you came back from travel, just like 
what the heck? It's mm-hmm. real, and it's real, and how would you know if you know if you didn't have anyone to guide you through it? Yeah, I also have this really weird thing. Actually, I was going to ask you about this. I'm just going to ask you now. Okay. I noticed that hot tubs exacerbate my symptoms. Mm-hmm. I can no longer spend time in a hot tub because every time I do. It's probably within 24 hours, my vision symptoms come back. I've never heard of that before. Yeah, some people have difficulties in higher temperatures. Concussions just in general can affect your autonomic nervous system, which regulates our heat. Um, So some people might have a harder time with heat. We'll also hear people having a hard time like in hot showers, particularly if they have something called dysautonomia. Um, So yeah, all those little, it's all those little things that you don't think about. And this is where I would be, in your program talking to all of the other people saying, Hey, does anyone have this? Because (laughs) I love that. And then do you also help people either find the right practitioner in their area or coordinate with their practitioner? You know, if you're out, if you've got had symptoms for more than four weeks at this point, there's a chance that you're not working with the right providers. Is Mm -hmm. that something that you assist with? Oh yeah. So we have our first big, you know, what we call research done for you. And it's where you save the time scrolling and on the internet, and we do all the legwork for you and tell you exactly what you need to know in a way you can digest. It's called Concussion 101. And we quite literally take people from here's the concussion, here's what prolonged symptoms are. And then we match, we have them match their individual concussion profile. We match their proper symptoms to their healthcare provider. If they have multiple things, which most people do, we help them understand exactly where to start and why. And then we link you up with the proper healthcare team. So we give you exactly what to look for. We have resources in there that give um, you know directories for people that may be in your area. You can pull us, you can pull the community. So it's really been helping people put things together. And then we also have mentorship. So just this Monday, we had office hours. Um, and someone was saying, you know, I have these multiple providers and none of them talk. And I just feel like I'm doing this all mm-hmm. a cart and nothing's matching and I'm so frustrated. And so we talk about how to remedy those kind of things. And that is extremely, extremely common, especially when you get these cases where people have multiple things, which most do. And you really have to start to coordinate that care. I remember the irony of thinking to myself, I have so much research to do to try to find the right practitioner and get the job done. And if I spend one more moment looking at my screen, I'm going to cry because it hurts so much. Yeah. That's the frustration. Yeah. I don't think people appreciate unless, and I don't know that I could have, unless you've gone through it, how hard screens are and how hard scrolling is and how hard reading is. And so, yeah, we put it in video formats and then we made these nice little handouts. We even made the font big. (laughs) We kind of went through and (laughs) did everything of what would, what would people struggle with and trying to remedy it? Yeah. You know, I really think that unless you've been through it yourself, it's going to be very hard to pour so much passion and energy and support into a program like that. But because you've been through it for such a long time, it will be so impactful for people to have not only your professional support and um, advice in the program, but from your personal experience too, what would I have wanted to feel supported during this really stressful time? Yeah, yeah, definitely. All right. The last question I ask all of my guests, if you were a listener and you had suffered a concussion or knew someone who suffered a concussion and you were really ready to take the next steps, what's one piece of advice you would give them? Um, I would tell people first, 
Concussions are treatable. So to seek out proper care in your area, and if you're struggling to know where that is, um, you can contact me through Instagram at Molly Parker PT, or if you're just ready for like that ultimate toolbox like we've been talking about, Concussion Compass is also a wonderful resource for you. I guess that's not really one thing, is it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> most people answer with like two or three things, so you were pretty succinct. <laughs> All right. Where can people find more about Concussion Compass? It is at www.concussioncompass.com. And then myself and my partner are both on Instagram. I am at Molly Parker PT and she is Natasha.Wilch. Um, and if you're, you know, needing advice or someone to listen or want to know what's the fit for you, we're, we're definitely available and there to support you through your journey. I found you pretty early on in my concussion. Someone sent me your page and said, you, you know, this woman has a lot of fantastic resources. I, it was such a source. Your Instagram page was, was such a source of support for me and education Good. and information. And every time I messaged you, you always messaged me back. So I just want to say thank you so much for helping me during that really difficult time. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And thank you so much for bringing more attention to it now. I know it's such a hard journey and appreciated. I think it's going to be so important. I've heard from so many people who are suffering and they feel lost and they feel alone. And I think being able to offer them your advice and resources is going to be just so helpful and impactful. So thank you so, so much, Molly Parker, uh, physical therapist, doctor of physical therapy. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. Thanks for joining me today on Do The Thing. You can continue the conversation with me at Melissa U on Instagram. If you have a question for Dear Melissa or a topic idea for the show, leave me a voicemail at 321-209-1480. Do the Thing is part of the Onward Project, a family of podcasts brought together by Gretchen Rubin, all about how to make your life better. Check out the other Onward Project podcasts, Happier with Gretchen Rubin, Side Hustle School, Happier in Hollywood, and Everything Happens. If you liked this episode, please subscribe, leave a five-star review, and tell your friends to do the thing. See you next week. From the Onward Project.